Hello and welcome to Conversations with the Send Mum podcast. I'm Nicole Bateman, your host for this podcast. And today we are going to be talking to Shelley Farnham, who is an ADHD autism mentor and the owner of Complex Connections CIC. So Shelley, welcome. Thank you for having me. Um, so first of all, can you tell us a bit about you um, and your connection to SEND? Yes, absolutely. Um, I started off as a teacher many, many years ago and really didn't know a lot about SEND. Um, I would say I had some kind of um, dealings, obviously lots of dealings with lots of children who with additional needs, but I really never had a great understanding of what to help them with and how best to support them. Um, and then I had my son... Um, my son, Daniel, he's now 18, but around about the age, I would say of, well, probably from earlier on, but you know what it, it's like, you just kind of do with your child what you do and you, you know them as your child. But certainly when he was at school, we started having some, he had difficulties with focusing. He's born right at the end of August. So automatically everybody goes, oh, he's a summer boy, you know, that kind of thing. But as time went on, as the demands increased, um, you know, things got more difficult. Um, and it was then that that I realized that there was something more to it. So he got his autism, uh, ADHD diagnosis when he was 11 and his autism diagnosis when he was only 15, actually. Um, he'd already had one assessment and they said he wasn't autistic. Um, and then we, we pushed for it again and got that when he was 15. Um, and that whole journey, that parenting journey, is what led me into working as an SEN support at school and also um, uh, working as, and also starting Complex Connections. So yeah, it's been a real learning journey for me. You know, I'm still on that learning journey very much so. But I think when you have your own child and you realize what they need and how they're not being supported very effectively, um, which I was part of in a school, um, that ineffective support at one time because of that lack of understanding and it was only when I got to understand his needs and I knew what, what he needed, I could transfer that to my job. I could help him, you know, do better for the children in school. And I just wanted other parents to kind of have that feeling of being able to support their own child as well and not that feeling of complete confusion and overwhelm. And you want to do the best you can, but you just don't know what that is. So, so yeah, that's, that's kind of my, my journey. Yeah, thank you for sharing that with us. I just want to pick up as well. Um, so I, both of us then are former former teachers, and I totally resonated when you just said that you realised actually, you know, I, I realised myself. I always did look out for kids with additional needs because that that's just how I've always been, even before my child. Um, however, there's so many things. That I'm like, wow, I now I know what I know. I would have done things really differently. Um, but we've got to remind ourselves, haven't we? You only know what you know at that time and you do the best with what you know. And it is a journey. Absolutely. Absolutely. Everybody is, for the most part, doing the best that they can with the resources they have at that moment in time. And it's only when you get to understand more, then you can do better. And I think that, that comes up so much when I talk to parents about how guilty they feel and why are they only knowing things now. And you have to, it's very understandable, I've had that myself, but you have to let go of it in order to move forward 
do something positive now, you've got to be able to say, well, thank goodness I know it now. Thank goodness I understand better now and I can do differently. Um, And it does make a huge difference. Yeah, definitely. You know, mum guilt. (laughs) It's just... Yeah, yeah. Never ending. (laughs) No. Yeah. No, and I'm sure anyone listening will will also resonate with that. Um, So... What are some some of the kind of common misconceptions that you've kind of account encountered in your you know both personal and professional experience around send? I think the first one has to be oh they're being really naughty, um, and I used to get that with my son even when he was a toddler, even when he w- we would go to kind of I remember going to a music group. He was the only child who wouldn't sit in the circle playing the musical instrument. He had to be walking around, opening all the cupboard doors in the room, and I was absolutely demented. I was mortified. I felt guilty. I felt like an awful parent. Um, and, you know, I would kind of reprimand him for that and, and force him to do what, what he didn't want to do. I, I remember going to Tumble Tots. First of all, he wouldn't wear the T-shirt. Every other child in the class was wearing the T-shirt. He wouldn't wear it. Um, and, of course, I'd had a daughter, first of all, who did all the right things, the right things, she wore the T-shirt. She walked around the, the tumble tops, um, so, you know, in the right order. Daniel was wants to do this, then this, then this. Then he wouldn't want to do anything. <laughs> it was, it felt like carnage to me. But, um, but I look back now and I just see his amazing spirit and his creativity, and you know, the fact that he wasn't going to conform to those rules, and he still doesn't conform to those rules for the most part, and that's fine. But now that I have an understanding and I know that he couldn't sit still for that 45 minutes of the circle, you know, to play those musical instruments or that t-shirt did not feel good on him. He couldn't focus on anything if he had to wear the t-shirt. And at the end of the day, who cares about the t-shirt really? I did at the time, but looking back now, that was the least important thing there. Him, you know, enjoying himself. He wasn't disrupting anybody else. He wasn't harming anybody else. And for his experience, that was what he needed. Um, so my whole perspective changed. Um, and I went from a mom who was very conscious of what other moms thought and how they would perceive my parenting, um, to a mom who, you know, completely advocates for, for moms being able to see what their child needs and being able to, to, to support their child in that way. And obviously there's always times that we have to conform to certain things. You know, we can never just do everything that we want to, or we have to help our child to, to do certain things and support them in certain ways. But more often than not, it's our own expectations that we put on ourselves and we perceive everybody else is putting on us that limit us and make us feel stressed and uptight about it all. And if we can let go of some of those and have a more, you know, we cater to our child's needs, we see what they're doing. If it's not affecting anybody else and it's not interrupting anyone else, why does it have to look a certain way? Um, So I think it just always comes back to us first, doesn't it? And that's not to put any guilt or shame or blame on parents, but it really does come back to us regulating ourselves, setting our expectations in a way that works for us and for our child. And I think in doing that, we can just kind of let go of some of that judgment. And it's not easy. You know, it's not a case of one day you feel it and one day you're like, oh, I don't care what anyone else thinks. It's a process. But uh, but yeah, definitely something that's, that I've learned along the way. 
Obviously, in school, heard those typical words which you will have heard, oh, that child's lazy and they just can't, you know, they, they, they're not doing that and they never listen and they're always distracted. And, you know, I would have been part of that language at one time. Like you, I always feel like I, I have tried to look at people as a whole person and not necessarily label them, but you do get into those kind of things working in a school. And so for me now, it's trying to even help teachers to say that child is not being purposely, purposefully lazy or they're not trying to, you know, be disrespectful. They're really struggling with something. If we can get curious and see what that struggle is and just meet that child where they are, we can make a huge difference for them. doesn't mean that they're not going to interrupt or they're not going to shout out or they're not going to do their homework every time but we can at least meet them where they are and, and get rid of those really destructive labels that we put on on children. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, there's often, what I love about your work, Shelley, is, is my journey, for example, with my son with epilepsy, I then started looking into the brain and the nervous system and his, his is temporal lobe epilepsy. So it links in with a lot in the emotions, the limbic system. And so, you know, I've been on a research journey looking at the brain, thinking about the fight and flight and the shutdown. And my son is one who often at school will just freeze. He he goes into that freeze response. And I love, you know, the, the content that you go into your business in your in your group, linking to that, that that fight and flight, freeze, fawn, you know, all the different responses of the nervous system. I think it's so important. Like I wish I knew that when I was teaching and thinking, actually, this child is just so overwhelmed. Their their nervous system is shut down. They are not just being lazy. We need to try and help them, you know, and support. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right. I, For me, that learning journey about the nervous system and the brain, that explains behavior perfectly. You know, it's, it's, it comes back to it's not a fault of the child. They're not purposely doing something that is their body responding to the situation. And that whole concept of creating safety in that classroom or safety in that home, because that is what the child needs in that moment. Like you say, I mean, I've got goosebumps now just thinking about it. If I had known that as a teacher, as a teaching assistant, you know, in SEN support, I, I know I would have been able to do things differently, but I can now. And now that I understand all that child needs in that moment is safety, safety and connection. They don't need to be told off or taught a lesson or brought back to doing the work. They just need that safety. And then the other things follow naturally. It's not like we then have to, you know, if a child feels safe, they're going to be able to give of their best self and learn and communicate and do whatever they need to do. Um, it's it's just that that initial safety and that nervous system response. And I think you start learning so much about yourself as well, don't you? You kind of realize, yeah. oh my yeah. goodness, this is where I'm in fight or flight or freeze or yeah, you, you can't un unlearn it or unsee it once you know about it. You just kind of apply it to everybody. We're going around looking at everybody's nervous system. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think it should be, you know, something that everyone looks into and what you you do and go into that is amazing. Um, so, yeah, so thank you for that. Um, what is something that you would share with the parents listening to encourage and inspire them? 
I think one thing that I would say is is understanding that co-regulation part. That for me is absolutely crucial. Understanding that our own nervous system impacts on our child's nervous system. And again, you know, I, I would never, ever put blame and shame on parents. I don't want parents to go, oh, my child's behaving like that because of me. It's absolutely not that. But when we understand that our nervous system can impact and our responses can impact them to such a huge degree, then it's uh, to me it's empowering. We can, we can, you know, look at our own regulation first. We can um, work out ways and it's not, I'm completely against the whole, well, not completely against it. I'll have a spa day any day or a lovely long <laughs> bubble bath, but that's not part of normal life for us all the time, is it? No. So to me, it's about finding things you can do in your everyday life. Those three deep breaths, um, you know, EFT, tapping, anything that you don't need anything extra. You can do it discreetly. You can regulate yourself, find ways to support yourself first so that your nervous system can be regulated enough. And it doesn't mean we have to be this wonderfully calm Zen parent every single moment of the day, because that's impossible. Um, but we can be regulated enough to kind of make choices, not be overwhelmed by our own emotions. We can have enough regulation just to have that moment where we can go, okay, my child isn't being purposely defiant. They are struggling with something because if our emotions are, are overwhelming us, we can't have that brain space to kind of think about things. Our, our you know, prefrontal cortex is disconnected. We need to be the one who has the enough regulation just to have that space to make a clear choice and respond in a way that's going to support the situation rather than make it worse. Um, and we're never going to get it right every single time. I mean, we're human beings. We are nervous systems. We get overwhelmed. As much as we know or we practice, there are going to be moments where we get overwhelmed. And it's just understanding our child doesn't need us to be perfectly regulated all the time. They don't need that. They need us to be a human being, but they need us to be a safe human being for them. And we need to, as the adult, we've got more conscious, you know, kind of opportunity to be that regulated person. Um, and if we can get our regulation to a degree that it supports them, then I think kind of once they have that safety and that connection with us, I think everything else becomes that little bit easier. It's not going to change, you know, the 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 way that they think or the way they respond to the world specifically. Um, but it's going to mean that we can handle those challenges together with them and they have that safety and connection with us, which just to me is the foundation for everything. Yeah. Um, and I think to parents as well, don't beat yourselves up, you know, accept that you are going to, you're going to, you're not going to get it right all the time. You're going to be, you're going to mess up at times. But that repairing with your child is such an essential life skill as well. I think that gives them permission that they don't have to get it right every time. And, you know, being able to come back and work it out together and apologize for what you did say or whatever that you didn't mean, being able to repair that relationship is such an important model for them too. So yeah, definitely. There's there's so much in there that um, our listeners can can take from that because I was just reflecting when you were talking and just thinking, yeah, my nervous system. I know that is something that I need to work on because of being 
on high alert. Like a lot of SEND parents, you're often on high alert, especially, you know, having to fight so much for getting the right care and the support um, if your child has medical needs like you know for example for my, my son with the epilepsy the the seizures can come at any point and it's very unpredictable any other medical needs you know loads of different things where you're just on that edge and you know it and I know it and I know that that's something you know yeah, that I need yeah. to work on my own nervous system so so I can help then co-regulate uh-huh. so thanks for the reminder yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think that constant state of fight and flight, we don't even, sometimes it becomes our normal, doesn't it? And we actually, we don't even realize we're doing it, but we know that we, we, we react very quickly or we, you know, don't have a lot of patience or we feel that anger. And then, you know, it lands up making us feel bad at the end of the day. And that's just not what, what we need or what our child needs. So yeah, self-regulation, not easy not simple, but definitely um, a good starting point. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, Shelley is is kindly going to be sharing a resource with us um, that I can put into the Patreon community, Conversations with the Send Mum, that is going to be super helpful. Um, Shelley, how can people connect with you? Where can they find you? Um. They can find me on Facebook. We have a Facebook page. We have a Facebook group. Um, Complex Connections is spelt with double N-E-X, just to make it that bit trickier. I don't know why I went with that. (laughs) Um, But yeah, we have a website as well. And if you search Complex Connections, I think most of those things come up. But yeah, I'm always happy to, you know, it's this is very much exactly with what you do. Um, this is very much purpose-driven and trying to support people and, and help people. So, yes, it's a business, but it's a community interest company. You know, we, we try and get funding and help people as much as we can. And I'm always happy to have that initial conversation with somebody without any strings attached. Because some, sometimes what people want is just someone else to understand and listen to them. Um, and, you know, when you're a same mom yourself, I think the best support you can feel is when you talk to another parent mom dad you know and and you just know that they get it you don't have to justify things just know they get it and it's like okay this this feels brilliant so I think that's that's really important definitely thank you so much so yeah definitely I'll put some I'll put a link to Shelly as well in the uh, in the show notes so thank you so much for coming on Um, it's been lovely to talk to you Thank you so much. It's been lovely to chat to you as well. You have been listening to Conversations with Ascend Mum with me as your host, Nicole Bateman, and sponsored by the Supersensory Squad. We will see you next Wednesday for another episode dropping. Bye.